Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Misalign. This week we are here with a modern vinyl dad, so to speak, Chris Lantinen. <laughs> that's a, that's, I like that position of authority. That's awesome. Definitely. And I don't think I've I don't think I've ever been given that title. That's a new one. <laughs> and just a reminder for you guys, Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all of the shows over at modern-vinyl.com. Chris, what's one you've been enjoying? Last time I mentioned Pilot Study, which is one of the other ones you host, but why don't you tell us a bit about what Vinyl Crawl is? Okay, so the Vinyl Crawl, that's hosted by Alan Miller and Matt, Fe- Matt Pfeffercorn. Uh, Matt owns a record store out in Kentucky called Mellow Matt's Music, or Mellow Matt's Music and More. Right, I think that's it. And Alan works at the record store, and I think they've been friends for a really long time. But, but anyways, Alan is a writer at Modern Vinyl, and so he he wanted to start up a podcast, and so we brainstormed and came up with this idea of the Vinyl Crawl, which is a which is basically broken up into twelve episode uh, twelve episode seasons. Um, and it's supposed to replicate a pub crawl of sorts. So as you would go to 12 different pubs, um, unless you're a wuss like me and you could probably only make it through like six. <laughs> but if you are, you know, bordering on the edge of uh, being an alcoholic, you could do 12. And um, so the seasons are meant to replicate a 12-stop pub crawl, being that every episode is a is discussion on one beer and one album so we tried to mix the world of craft beers and music criticism into one podcast and i think that one it's the most successful modern vinyl podcast it's uh in terms of views and listens and all that and two i just think it's really entertaining and i think a lot of people would be interested in that so if you haven't listened to the vinyl crawl give that a try there over at soundcloud and just search the vinyl crawl or you could find them on iTunes or any of those other uh, music music discovery or podcast discovery platforms. Yeah, and personally, I'm not huge on like craft beers, right? But it's still really interesting to listen to and how they, you know, kind of correlate the beer they're having with the album they're talking about. So even if you yeah, are, yeah. you know, a huge drinker, don't care for craft beer or whatnot, I'm sure you can still find something interesting about this podcast. Yeah, they find some kind of connection and they name the episodes like they somehow find a combination between the album and the beer and they kind of name the saloons that they visit <laughs> yeah, yeah. after, you know, after those beers and albums. And yeah, they really spend like, I'd say like five to 10 minutes on the beer and then the rest is the album. So if you're not a drinker or, you know, if you if you don't drink at all or you're just a light drinker, then that's fine. I mean, just you basically have to sit through five minutes of beer talk and then you're onto the music. Or if you like both, it's kind of the perfect podcast for you. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned brainstorming for this podcast earlier, and that kind of leads us into what we wanted to talk about today. And I've never really heard the story about how Modern Vinyl got started. I know you guys had me on the Modern Vinyl podcast, and then a little time after that, you had asked me to start Misaligned, get a few girls doing this, and we've been doing it for a little while now. But I just wanted to ask you, when did you first start Modern Vinyl, and how did you kind of come up with the idea for it? Is Misaligned coming up on its one-year anniversary soon? I think so, but I'm also the worst person with dates. Like I can barely remember <laughs> birthdays. So I feel like what happened with that was like Warp Tour was really the catalyst because like we had the front porch step incident and we had all right. these other incidents where like there was all these podcasts that were talking about these incidents, including the modern vinyl one. And it was just like a bunch of dudes talking about issues that really should have been spoken on by females. And so I think Warp Tour being the catalyst, that being in the summer, I would assume Miss Alliance started maybe like in the fall. So it has to be coming up on like that one year anniversary. And plus you're getting towards like episode 40, like one a week. You know, we got, I think we got to be getting pretty close, which is, which is awesome. So congratulations on that. Definitely. Thank you. The pilot episode aired 10 months ago, according to soundcloud so we're getting very close but we were working on it you know before we launched that first episode yeah we worked on it for a while we had a whole bunch of different titles um one was what was the one title like girls girls to the front or something 
or girls, girls on, on the, the wire. mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had we had girls on the mic, and that was like an educational program. Yeah. That was out of wherever, and they didn't they didn't have like any of the social medias locked down or anything like that. But I think we emailed them and we're like, "Is it okay if we use this?" And they're like, "No, not really." So. <laughs> So we eventually ended on what I think is actually a superior title. In yeah, Michelin. I think I'm, it I'm happened by accident, too, because it was supposed to be something else. But then I accidentally typed misaligned in the group chat or something or the email. And I was like, <laughs> uh, well, that works, I guess. No, that really works. And of course, the art by Corey Purvis is really good, too. Um, So the M- starting MV. Um, so it first started on July 7th, 2011. I went back and I looked up our first post there. So we are actually, this is a this is kind of a good time to talk about this stuff because we're coming up on our five-year anniversary, which fills with me with all kinds of existential dread. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I have told this story before, but I was working for a smaller newspaper and that's what my degree is in. My degree is in journalism, and then my master's is in communication studies. And but beyond that, I wasn't really doing much. Uh, me and my girlfriend were kind of living in this like really hot, sweaty apartment with the humidity here in Pennsylvania, where we didn't even like really leave our rooms. We right. kind of couldn't. Um, the other half of that story is that we were living in this apartment, and uh, we were living with this other couple, and. We we got along with them really well at the beginning, and like we, we were like going to baseball games and like you know having yard sales together, and we were really like just getting along swimmingly. And right. um, I had an Xbox, and the controllers needed because I didn't have the cord; they needed batteries. So I was in the middle of this game. I was like playing Halo or something online, and my batteries went out, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> and so. I, I was running around the house trying to find batteries, and I ran past the room, and I saw they had an open package of batteries. So I jumped in there, and I took them, and I put two in. And when I came home, like the next day or whatever, I got a note on my door that said, please do not enter our room or take things that are not yours. <laughs> so like that little note caused this huge riff. And um, we basically did not speak for like nine months after that, oh. even though we lived in the same house. That's so, awkward. in other words, I was kind of I was kind of trapped in my room um, for a while, and so this kind of led to starting a website, basically. And I decided to start using WordPress because a a coworker at the time had recommended it. I had, I had no idea how to build a site. Right. I st- I still really don't know. <laughs> Any, I still really don't know how to code or design or really do much of that, but um, I know WordPress pretty well. And so WordPress was foreign to me, and it, Modern Vinyl really started out. I wanted to do something. I wanted to have some creative outlet because I was doing like crime reporting and sports and stuff of that nature. And so it started out as like a film blog. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I love film. And then I realized there's like 40,000 film sites out there. So I was like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think, I don't have any Hollywood connections. Like, I can't write about this stuff and be legit. But there weren't really like a lot of vinyl sites. There were music sites, but like occasionally they would post about records. So I said, I don't know, maybe there's like this small niche community, which there is. Right. Uh, that's clearly evident that just wants vinyl news and nothing else. And so I decided to take that on, and of course the site started as this ugly white on black, you know, type of layout with this ugly header <laughs> that was like just our name photoshopped onto it. But I mean, eventually it grew into what it is today. Um, t- I think two redesigns later is what we're at right now, and probably another redesign within the next year or so. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of how I guess it started. I just looked at my collection and said, let's go for it. So straight news, some reviews in the beginning, stuff like that. I, I don't really know how it survived or anything, but <laughs> I guess we just had like early adopters and they passed it along and something clicked. I'm still not really sure what clicked, but something clicked. And I don't, I mean, whatever, it's here. So <laughs> I'm not going to complain or anything. Yeah, and I think the fact that a lot more bands are always doing vinyl releases with their records really helps because Mm. you have, you know, labels like No Sleep, Top Shelf, they were just cranking out the records, basically. And it kind of blew up all over again, you know, since the site has started. And that was like, I didn't really, 
I think the first like press advance I ever got was from Pure Noise. It was either Pure Noise or No Sleep, but I really wasn't aware of that like label scene prior to this. I was kind of a newbie coming into like that whole world. Like I think of like Pure Noise, No Sleep, Top Shelf, Tiny Engines. Those are like the base of what our site became because they were releasing a lot of stuff. It was up and coming. People wanted to hear their stuff. And I think that's still the case for, I'd say, two of them, two of the four. I won't say which two, but I, I, that was certainly like the news base of what we were originally doing. And just, you know, the Blink-182 stuff was a big boon for us, like um, the Hot Topic stuff coming through. That that was really how we, I guess that's how kind of how we connected, like some of the Hot Topic stuff, then some of that stuff got an absolute punk and I think that's how people discovered us a lot through that. Yeah. And when did you realize that, you know, either you wanted writers for the site or people wanted to write for Modern Vinyl? Um, well, I th- it, yeah, it was really, it wasn't me like saying, oh, we need staff writers or whatever. It was more so people emailing me and asking if I would take writers. And so I had a, co- this, a couple of dudes from Pittsburgh that were kind of the original there was a couple of people before them but they were like the original like legit people that came in and kind of helped me organize stuff and would like take over on vacations and things like that so one of one one name is Bill and the other is the other guy is Brian and you can find their credits a lot in the early stuff of modern vinyl but they really really helped kind of just push this off and um when James came aboard James Cassar came aboard. He was like probably the real game changer in terms of our staff, um, mostly because he expected more more out of the site than I did, and so he he started expecting, you know, like why aren't we doing a podcast? Why aren't we doing this? Like why why aren't we hiring more people? And I kind of just needed that push to um, to really say like yeah, we probably do need a podcast, and that's become maybe the most successful part of the site is the the modern vinyl podcast so i think he was the real game changer just in terms of like he expected more out of the site so i started expecting more out of the site and um some some people that have been lately lately have been pushing it have been like alan miller who's really been pushing it on the technical level and uh michael escon wallace is someone that i've always gone to for advice and he also hosts the mv podcast but i mean everybody's really been a great positive contributor including your co-host megan moore who has been doing a lot of interviews and is another person that expects more out of the site and that can that positivity is really that can only help so um it's really a big the in terms of having a staff it's all owed to them because they're the ones that push me to have a staff i'm not i'm not somebody that has had a lot of experience in management so now i have a little bit more because i work at the collegiate level and i manage student writers and student staff members of a paper but uh before that i didn't have a lot of management skills so i kind of shied away from it Yeah, I totally understand that because with Hi-Fi Noise, basically, you know, I started that site just so I would have something to do and somewhere to put up music that I enjoy. But I've had a couple people write for the site here and there. I know James has contributed a couple pieces, but it's like I don't really have necessarily staff members like Modern Vinyl does. So I feel like that's mostly because I feel like, you know, the site isn't huge or anything you know there's not hundreds or thousands of people looking at it every day like for me right now it's like a hundred views on the site is a good day just because you know there's so many sites similar like chorus and Mm -hmm. alternative press and you know all those sites that get the premieres and everything so really I'm kind of just doing it for myself still and you know I cover music, sports when I feel like it. I've been doing a lot more writing of reviews for comics and that sort of thing. So it's kind of just like, you know, if someone wants to write reviews here and there or, you know, review TV shows or whatever, like I'm fine with that. And I'm not really, you know, making deadlines for people or anything. It's like if you want to do an album review, kind of just get it to me the week the album comes out and that's fine by me, you know? Yeah, it's hard to... Well, like in the case in the case of your site, you know, I've always wondered why like a lot of the smaller sites didn't maybe not band together, but join forces in a way. 
Right. Because I, I think of like a site like yours that has good content, but not the eyes it deserves. I think of a site like Half, or I think it's called Half Cloth, I think. They, oh, yeah, they debut, yeah. Yeah, they debut like some World Is stuff and things like that. But like they have really great content, but, but not the eyes they deserve. Like a lot of these sites, these smaller sites, like on the size of, uh, on, on your level, they have really good content, but I don't know. I feel like there there has to be a banding together at some point of you know some of these smaller outlets i'll be curious to see if that happens with any of them um, because there are a lot of good uh good to great writers out there that deserve more uh, higher readership but you know just in terms of getting people like i think the 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 change with our staff members and like the turnover came when i I guess I, i i tried to one provide some kind of a reward right right whether it's like ours is nice because it's not like we don't do digital reviews so the review isn't like, oh, here's a file, or um, excuse me, the reward isn't like, here's a file, this is all you get for your work, because obviously none of us can pay. Instead, you actually get like a vinyl record, you get something to add to your collection, and you can at the end, you can kind of see like, hey, this is what I got through Modern Vinyl, like I got these 50 records or whatever, yeah. like, that's time well spent. And I think that it's nice that we have a physical product that we can reward people with in exchange for the writing. Um, it's not, it doesn't always work. I mean, people people certainly leave the staff because we can't pay and because the rewards aren't aren't great enough. But I think the people we do have are those passionate record collectors that they like those rewards and uh, um, they they like being involved on a personal level. I think we have good people there, and I think that helps as well. Yeah, and you know, funny enough being in the chorus fm forums i've actually you know attracted a little more attention to hi-fi noise because like i mentioned with reviewing comics and stuff that's something that Mm. chorus doesn't do and so when i'm constantly in the comic books thread you know they don't mind if i post links to my reviews and you know uh, uh, quite a few of them will go check it out and you know give feedback and that sort of thing so even though it's another website you know chorus has kind of become a great place for me to promote some of the stuff i'm doing it's it's just it's really really tough being in like the middle ground where you make money like modern vinyl is very much in the middle ground we make a little bit of money but it's it's not close to equivalent to like a full-time type of gig for one person nevertheless nine staff members and like we could put out all the content we want but the happiness of the staff writers is almost always going to be prevalent on an expectation of being paid at some point and I don't blame them at all for that you're doing work I mean in the grand scheme of things like work should be paid for right so modern model being in that middle ground where yeah we get traffic we make money most of the money goes back into the site um, or for podcasting you know or things like that we can talk about the family of podcasts and that whole arrangement yeah but um yeah it's tough being there like you want to give these people support for supporting you and sometimes you can sometimes you can't and it's kind of, yeah it's weird it's you know and i hope that someday i hope that these people get paid writing jobs or paid writing gigs out of this or they get um just or they have at least a good experience or they get some of those physical rewards that i talked about i, I hope one of those things happens because i don't want to i hate you know thinking that i'm taking advantage of people because they're just writing for free but and that's kind of the weird reality that's constructed amongst the internet and amongst blogs. But, you know, that, I guess that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the main reasons I haven't wanted to, you know, come out and say, hey, we're hiring writers. Because when you use the word hiring, a lot of people are going to have that expectation of being paid. And, you know, yeah. I don't run ads on the site just because I know it gets so few views as it is that I'm not entirely sure, you know, one thing of ads on the sidebar is going to really do anything. So yeah. I, I think that kind of leads have us... You used, have you used affiliate fees at all? I have iTunes and Amazon set up. Mm, but that's good. Yeah, with Amazon the first time, apparently there was something I was supposed to approve or sign or whatever, and I never got an email about it, so they shut down that account. 
which I don't think I had made any money on it anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. But like I went to like just go check out a curiosity one day and it was just like this account's been shut down. I was like, all right, guess I'll make a new one. So and I mean, I've literally made like not even a dollar off of affiliate stuff because like I mentioned, my site's so small that you're not guaranteed, you know, people clicking through on your links and getting those sales. So it's a slow process. It's your it's your personal blog, you know, and you use yeah. that to bridge you use that to bridge to greater things, hopefully. Yeah. Speaking of the whole personal blog though, how do you brainstorm new ideas for the site? Because you mentioned, you know, it really started out just as news and reviews, which is a lot of what I do, but I've kind of been trying to work out some other things I can do, like I'm thinking of doing this thing called retrospective and it can you know go across all of the topics you know a look back on older films older music comic book runs that have already completed that I'm finishing up and that sort of thing but how do you guys kind of come up with new ideas hmm well I think in the early days I was very inspired to come up with uh, vinyl based features you know like in support of the art was one of the first like regular features that I came up with and I'm not you know I'm not really sure how that came about and collector of the month was I think I saw a collector of the month somewhere else and it had stopped running and I was like that's a great idea I'm gonna pick that up <laughs> and so th- that that became one of our our featured ones um, but really like what, be, what becomes like an ongoing feature, like instead of like a one-time thing, cause we have like a lot of things that kind of came and went and I don't want them to die, but sometimes they just do. But what right. became, what, be, what becomes an ongoing feature is really like a lot of what writers attach to, like if they enjoy it, like one that I really like and that I think our, our writers like is this, I made this for you. Um, it's like this mixtape exchange type of thing. And hopefully we'll have another one this summer. But they're like these really long form, like two, three thousand word pieces that is just like the emails back and forth of people discussing music and making a mixtape for each other. And I really like that. And I think it gets um, the staff members to kind of get to know each other a little bit more. But like I, I don't really look at stats anymore. So like I'll check them out like monthly, but once they started, cause they've started going down. And once I knew it was because we're doing more podcasting or we're dedicating more time to that, we're doing more features. I decided that I didn't really want like that internal battle of stats versus content. Right. I just want, I'm just going to go straight content. And if people read it, then they don't, or if, if the people read it, then that's great for the long form stuff. If people don't, then fuck it. Like, I mean, people will probably read news 10 times more than the, the, the long-form stuff. I mean, I've seen those stats. Like, that's pretty proven. But if we're not trying to put out good content that people can actually sit down and read, then what what are we doing is my question. Like, so I just stopped looking at stats. And, like, another thing there is we make our money off affiliate fees, which we talked about earlier. We don't really make it through crazy amounts of traffic. Like, our, our Google AdSense, for example is like minuscule compared to our Amazon affiliate fees. So, you know, like stats aren't really the end all be all for us. And and there's like there's great things that a lot of people don't read, but I think the people that read it really love it, like the calendar. It's not right. as popular. It's not as popular as I'd like it to be, but I think it's a great tool, so who cares? Um what's selling, which is like a weekly feature about like uh, what's the top selling records at indie stores? Again, that's not doesn't have a huge reach, but I don't really care. So, <laughs> like right. I, I used I used to look at stats like ten times a day, and you know really just live and die by how many stats. Like I, I try to get like to a certain number every day, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm good. But now I just I would rather just sit down and write something or edit something. And hope that people read it. And that may be like an idealistic view. And we can take this view because we make our money in different ways. Right. But I don't know. I, there's got to be a couple sites out there that just don't care too much about the statistics and just kind of go with what they want to put out there. So it's an idealistic view, but I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I kind of only look at them because, you know, they're on the WordPress dashboard and I just haven't taken them off. So I have like the Google Analytics and then the WordPress built in one because I was just curious to see how the two compared. And I've just kind of left them there. But it's like yesterday, I think I got like 
four or five views on the site because I tend to stop posting on the weekends just because I either get busy or kind of no news is coming in. So I just let it be. And I mean, no one really seems to complain or care. So it doesn't bother me all that much that, you know, yeah, the weekends yeah, the, don't get the views. And I'm, I'm just like, the, whatever, people can do whatever they want on the weekends. The the weekends like used to be a time. Um, it's also, you know, the whole stats battle is also just like something to to save my sanity and to you know maybe focus elsewhere in my life like i'm getting married this july right so like in order to be like a full human being and somebody that somebody would actually want to marry <laughs> i'm like you know if i look at stats all day and i keep publishing keep publishing even on the weekends then i'm just going to drive myself and my partner crazy and yeah. there's there's no there's no reason to do that like i think i could create a better schedule for myself and for others by just kind of setting deadlines for longer stuff, doing the little stuff in between and doing the podcast, but not 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 focusing so much on getting every little tiny bit of news out, just kind of focusing on the big things and the things that interest me in particular. Like we still publish a lot of small label stuff and, and anybody that reads the site will back that up. Right. We we post big stuff, but we post a lot of small label stuff, and I love I've loved writing about small labels. And if it interests me, I'll write about it still. But I'm not gonna like kill myself and upset people around me because envy is all I care about, you know. Yeah, and like basically, what I do is I'll spend the morning and I'll just schedule things thirty to forty five minutes apart, and then you yeah. know later in the day I'm not sitting there still posting stuff it's kind of like if something comes in sure I'll post it or it'll just wait until the next morning like for me it's not a huge deal like I'm not in a huge rush because I know you know everyone's gonna go to alt press or chorus or whatever first for that stuff so it's just like well I don't really need to hurry on it if I like it I'll post it (laughs) See, with a site, with a smaller site like yours, I think what you should focus on, and we're obviously off track, is a personal spin on the news that's already been released. Like you can't beat other sites in news. That's right. what I've learned. What you can what you can beat other sites in is presenting it in some type of alternate way that gives some, gives the readers something else. Like I, there used to be all these movie sites that would battle for my views. And it used to be that I, I loved reading Ain't It Cool News. And it's because they would do the news, but they would also have, like, some type of story attached to it. Or they just have, like, a little extra writing that made it worth it going there. Now it's Birth Movies Death is the site that I always go to because they right. have that little extra. It's that little extra, I think, that people have forgotten about that is going to make you read this site over this site, even though we're all presenting the same exact news at roughly the same time. And I wish Modern Vinyl did that better. That's what I wish we did better. Yeah, that's definitely something I will have to consider, you know, give the songs a few listens before I post instead of just, you know, one. (laughs) Right. And then you just say, here's the song. And then you're done. How is that different from chorus or right. under the gun or blah 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 or whatever whatever right? right. It, it can get it can get exhausting, but if you do it like five times and you wait twenty minutes and you have this full post, I don't know. Maybe people think, well, she's putting thought into it, and you never know. You you may may win one reader every month, but that might that might help. Yeah, definitely. Well, now that we've kind of talked about how modern vinyl got started and everything. I want to talk about how you started collecting records because obviously mm. that likely came before modern vinyl happened. Otherwise, why would you have done a vinyl website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. It came it came only a little bit before though. Like I'm not somebody who claims to have collected records for 20 years or something. Right. I'm only I'm only 27. That would have been a little weird anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think like 2007 probably is when I started collecting. That was the first year of my undergrad. And I had a, a kid, I ran cross country collegiately, and I had a kid on the team who had a really nice record collection, and he had the original Deja pressing, which I, I always was very jealous of. Right. And um, he, he had records, and he had a, a turntable, and that kind of inspired me to, uh, to start up a collection. And I can still remember like living in my old college house, and like I had my turntable on this like 
very, very tiny little desk that like my door would run into if I opened it up too far. <laughs> like that that's that's how small my room was. And so like it was just like this 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 turntable on this really tiny desk with a few records and like I think the first one I got was Beach Boys Endless Summer. I picked that up from like a secondhand store. But like I started I just started noticing pressings. Like I I can still remember Absolute Punk had a post about is a real boy getting a new pressing. And that was like back when it was pretty rare. So I grabbed that. I, I you know, I started noticing that Hot Topic had records, so I grabbed something from there. Glass Passenger was coming out on vinyl, so I grabbed something from there. And so I definitely started in that era. So whenever somebody starts collecting and they're like, I have a few records, but I don't have a turntable yet. I'm like, that's completely fine. That's the same exact way I started. Unless you grew up in the 70s, you're probably going to grab a record before you grab a turntable. And it kind of makes me mad when like that is seen as like a weird thing. Like you're going to have a few records first and then you're going to be like, all right, well, I should probably play these. Like who buys a turntable first? That's that's my question. Who, who spends $200 on a turntable first? Right. Or maybe you have like a crappy secondhand one first and then you buy a couple records. Like you don't really make the big turntable investment until you have the stuff to play on it. So yeah, I started out that way. Nobody should be ashamed because they started out that way. I think that's that's a perfectly natural progression. So that's a, I, there was like that stat that like 70% of people or 50% of people don't have a turntable. That's a pretty high number, but I don't know. Who did you who did you survey on this? Like new collectors, old collectors? Right. You know, what what was the survey like? That's what I'd like to know. Definitely. What's the weirdest album in your collection? The weirdest album in my collection. Um hmm. You know, I don't have a ton of weird stuff. I I do have um one that I think I wrote down was this Lisa Loeb record that I have, uh, I, I believe she sings "Don't." Is it "Don't Stay" or "Don't"? What's what's that song that Newfound Glory covers in um, their second "From the Screen to the Stereo" album? I know they covered "Kiss Me," but I don't think that's the one you're referring no, no, to. That's, <laughs> that's not the one. Hold on, I'm gonna find it in a second here. It's um, "Stay." I missed you. That's Lisa Loeb. Okay. And. Like, it was this thing where it's a signed record from her, and she, it says, hey, Chris, and there's, like, a heart on it. So it's very, very strange. And I think it was, like, if you – somebody reached out to me and said, hey, if you post a picture of this record on, on the Instagram, we'll send you a signed copy from Lisa Loeb. I was like, hey, she's pretty cool. So it's called No Fairy Tale. I did write that down. And uh, so, yeah, I have a signed record from Lisa Loeb. I haven't quite listened to it yet, but I will at some point. And uh, I probably have some other weird stuff. Like I've I've gotten a couple seven inches that are just like um, very strange uh, <laughs> that I've gotten from labels. Like you know, I can't quite remember what the names of them are, but I've gotten a lot of weird seven inches. That's kind of where the weirdness comes in, I think. Like press seven inches that are looking for reviews, yeah, or things things like that. But I've gotten a ton of. On the other end, I've gotten a ton of really great seven inches that have just introduced me to crazy good bands and like there's a band called giant peach i think and they came from a label called rock lock records r-o-k-l-o-k records and i think they're still around and um just a great like garage punk type of band and i think they released a new album recently through don giovanni if i'm not if i'm not mistaken but uh they're still they're still uh trucking away so there's a recommendation. Giant Peach, their early material on Rock Lock Records. There you go. Writing that down right now. That's a good one. They're very good. Yeah, I figured with, you know, you getting these review copies and everything, some weird yeah, I, stuff I has definitely come stuff. across your desk. <laughs> yeah, I get some I, I wish I had I wish I had pulled some more. Um but uh yeah, I I do get some weird seven inches. And uh, of course some of the weird ones are like I have that higher and higher Wet Hot American Summer seven inch. That's that's I guess weird to some people, but it's right. It's a, it's an amazing seven inch. So I wouldn't call it weird. I just call it certainly off the grid. So yeah, and I just want to wrap this up kind of with what music apps you've been using and what music you've been jamming lately. So I know you and I have both been using Symbol, and we actually mm, got yeah. you know a bunch of the Modern Vinyl staff writers using it, which I put it on my home screen as a replacement for that 
Instagram icon that I can't look at. <laughs> so I'm hoping oh, yeah. I'll start using it more because <laughs> I have to try so, and remember still. I've noticed this trend where like people are like really um, not protective, but like really sacred about what's on their home screen. <laughs> That's like a thing now, which I don't really get. I guess I'm like, I, I own the technology. Like I have top of the line iPhone, most storage, you know, new version, whatever. Right. But I'm not, I'm not like very sacred about it. Like where does that come from? Is that like just that you guys follow like Mac news and like. I don't know. Kinda, for like, me, it just, it did not look pleasing <laughs> on my home screen. So I like tucked it away in a folder somewhere. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've been using Symbol. And uh, I love it. I think it's a really useful app. Uh, I, I don't know like what the future of it is. I'm sure that there's smarter people than me that have spoken on its future. But I think it's very enjoyable. And I think it's certainly something that like doesn't do something that Twitter or Facebook already does. I right. think that's obviously key. Like It has to do something different. and has to integrate with them. And it integrates pretty well with Twitter. Like When I post something from Symbol to Twitter, it's not like this huge al- albatross on people's timelines or feed or whatever whatever you call it um so i have apple music as well but i i still haven't been able to figure out how i can get from itunes to apple music so that's been an issue um, i'm paying for it so it's on my phone but like in terms of desktop usage i'm like where is where is apple music on itunes this makes me sound like a grandfather but i think when you it, go like, to is search it a separate app or what <laughs> no i think when you go to search you can either search your music or apple music so it's okay. like you kind of have to search for things or go to like, you know, the for you section or new or okay. whatever those top tabs are. I did do that. So I so that, that is Apple Music, that right there, the for you section curating those playlists and everything for you. I think something must be off or maybe like my account's off or something because when I search it in Apple Music, it only gives me the radio stations. Like I search hotelier and it gives me all the radio stations attached to the hotelier, but not their, actu- not their actual page. So you see, it's not just me being an idiot. There might be something <laughs> actually wrong here. So I'll have, to, I'll have to look further into that. So the Yeah, iTunes you might have store, to like sign out, sign back in and kind of let it fix itself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. So I've been paying for it, but I haven't quite been able to use it as much. And then I, I paid for it mostly to listen to the Radiohead album, and then it came to Spotify like two weeks later. So I'm like, <laughs> oh well. But I'm I'm gonna keep paying for Spotify Premium and Apple Music just because I like Spotify Premium um, for the gym stuff. Now on Apple Music, can you save the album to your library? You can do that, right? Yes, you just hit. Okay, okay. There's like a little plus button, and it'll add it to like your music. I sound more and more like an idiot as we keep continuing to talk here. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've just like obsessively tried to figure out things with Apple Music. So so I can I can technically drop Spotify and that should be I should be able to do all the same functions. Right. Although making a playlist is a little more difficult on Apple Music than it is on Spotify. So if you have any playlists, can you embed Apple playlists to like WordPress? I know you can embed single songs, but then, you know, it'll only play a 30 second clip for anyone who doesn't have Apple Music. Damn it. Which is annoying. So a lot of times if I see like someone has a new single out, I'll go to Spotify and use the embed code for Spotify because that is obviously a better option because... Well, I I like Spotify as a publisher mostly because I think... So it just came out today that 100 million people use Spotify, Right. Right. And what's the Apple Music number? I think it's 15 million, Okay, maybe? so in terms of my readers having Spotify, it'd be a much greater chance of them having Spotify versus Apple Music. So I like using right. that for, like, the perfect LP things and, like, you know, anytime we're embedding, like, an album. Because I'll, I'll usually embed... I think another, like, thing that I try to do is whenever we're talking about an album, either a reissue or whatever, I'll always embed the album at the bottom so that the longer I can keep them on the site, the better. Because uh, then maybe they'll read something else in the, while they're listening or whatever. So I try to do that with Spotify. So I guess that's why I kind of drift to Spotify more often than not. Yeah. And I mean, Apple Music is doing its whole overhaul and everything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the WWDC keynote was just last week and I have the developer beta on my iPad thanks to a friendly person over at Chorus who offered to add people's 
iPads and iPhones to the beta, but I was like mm. too scared to do it on my iPhone because I was like, I don't want this to break, but you know, my iPad is a secondary device, so I'll try it there. Yep. And honestly, my main issue with Apple Music right now on the beta is that the font is extremely large in some spots and it's just like <laughs> i'm not blind you don't need for you to be in like a 36 size font or something on the screen and in bold right. so really that's been my only complaint with it i know i mentioned this last week on the podcast with megan but i haven't had too many of the issues that a lot of other people have had with apple music my biggest issue i had was when itunes had that little bug where it would delete music without you know, giving you that option to keep the files. So it was just deleting it straight from your computer as well. That happened to me with two advanced copies of music. So I was freaking out until I realized I had Backblaze and could just, you know, go retrieve that from my backup, <laughs> thankfully, mm. because I was like, oh, man, I'm going to sound like an idiot if I need to ask for another copy of the Modern Baseball album, <laughs> you know? <laughs> did, you, did you ever use a music program called Winamp? I did not, but I've heard a lot about it. Hmm. I think that's I think that's a program I used to have on my computer. I'm I'm very much a simpleton when it comes to like getting in terms of like betas on like new operating systems. I'm like, I'll just wait for it. Like I, I don't need it right now. I have so many betas on my phone, it's ridiculous. Like just apps in general too. I was beta testing like three email apps at once and I was like, I'm insane, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't need that. I can't remember what the email app I use now is. What's like one of the big ones? Spark. Outlook. It might be Spark. No, it's not Outlook. It yeah. might be Spark that I'm using right now, but uh I, I used to use like the mail app like a bunch of people did and then of course it shut down and everything. So but yeah, I mean I like my phone. I like having a nice phone, but I just I'm not really into the beta stuff. You want it? Right. Did you want music too? Is that what you wanted? Yeah, yeah. What have you been listening to lately? Um, okay, so I've been listening to the new Mitski record because we did a roundtable on that for the MV podcast. Yeah. Airing live every Thursday on Adobe Radio, and uh, the album's called Puberty Two, and that's a really it's, I mean, it's going to be one of the best records of the year. I think it's going to be one of the ones people remember from this year. It's it's kind of a landmark 2016 release. He's, she's incredible, and she deserves all the love that she's going to get here. Um, I've been listening to Chance's, uh, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. He's now, he's now eligible for a Grammy, which is great news. I've been listening to Hot Hot Heat's last album which you said it just started streaming today. Yeah. Go listen, go listen to that if you liked Elevator or Make Up the Breakdown or any of the old stuff. It's kind of a it's kind of harkening back to that um to that level. It's not really the it's more it's a, it's a straight pop record, which is what I really like about it. Uh The Thermals We Disappear is one that's still being played by me. That should be top 10 this year I think on a lot of people's lists. Um and The Thermals are just a great band. They've been at it for a really long time, but uh I'm working on our best of 2016 playlist right now in terms of tracks and I think I've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good arrangement going so far. I usually do like fifty. I'm at like thirty six, so that that that'll probably be coming next week at some point. Nice. Um, yeah. So some good music. What have you been listening to? Any, anything that I am missing that I need to be listening to here? I have been listening to the Empty Houses record, which I mentioned in one of the best of 2016 so far. Last episode. I think if you haven't listened to that, that's definitely going to be my first recommendation i'm honestly M super bad empty empty is it called daydream yes okay i got it and i'm, I'm put, putting it on the list <laughs> yeah i've honestly been so bad at like listening to albums more than once because i try to listen to so many different things and i listen to a gazillion podcasts so it's like i spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and i've been binge watching clone wars lately so music has kind of taken a backseat mm. to those things it's like you know if people send me stuff and i know it's stuff i've posted before i just immediately post it and don't necessarily listen to it right away so i need to kind of figure something out to where i can manage all three things and not let music take a backseat <laughs> Yeah, we're we're getting into pilot study season again. Season two starts in early July or some, probably mid July actually, but uh, we're getting deep into pilot study stuff. So I've been I've been uh, binge watching, or I guess not really binge, just one a day. I guess that's not bad. Uh, the Wire, 
some like in later half of season three of that. Yeah, and, that's on my list to watch because I've never watched it. Yeah, it's it's pretty excellent. It's as good as everybody says it is. There's a lot of hiccups in season two, but season one and three have been really great. Uh, season one is incredible in every way. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else have I been watching? I th- I think my main mistake was choosing two animated shows that I wanted to binge watch. So uh, the Clone Wars was roughly 120 episodes. And I, I, I'm on season five out of six. So I only have 20-ish more to go, like 20, 25, somewhere around there. And I mean, I started binging this quite a while ago. So it's kind of been a slow burn for me. But lately, I kind of ramped it up and started watching more because, you know, the episodes are roughly 20 minutes because Mm -hmm. it was a show that aired on tv and had commercials so it's not so bad when you can get you know three episodes into an hour but then i also wanted to watch batman the animated series the one from the 90s and that Mm. had like 80 or 90 episodes as well so i was like why did i do this to myself so i haven't even been watching my netflix stuff that has come back on like bloodline i only watched a couple episodes of unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt so far and orange is the new black just dropped on Friday. So it's like, I'm very behind on stuff. I watched a few episodes of vinyl and have not finished it yet. <laughs> yeah. Screw that show. You don't need to watch. that. that pretty. <laughs> I watched a few episodes. Of, this is dumb. So yeah, I feel um, like it's going to be one of those things I put on in the background when I'm trying to get other stuff done just so I can, you know, say I watched it or whatever. But yeah, I still haven't finished season two of transparent. Like I'm, really bad at getting my shows watched <laughs> i didn't finish that because it was just too depressing for me like i'm usually okay with that kind of stuff but it was just like oh god it was such a beat down on my soul that I was yeah like, uh, i'm i'm done with this show so i started um there's a good show called casual that uh is on hulu that is in the second season now that people should watch the whole first season is available um i did watch the path on hulu but i thought it was not good Oh, that's funny. I've heard good things about it. So it's like, I feel like people either really like it or really don't. Because, you know, it was it was fine. But like, it's just I've seen so much better stuff in the last year that it just doesn't match up to like The Wire or X-Files or, you know, a lot of those like classic shows like it's. It's fine. It would have been good at like 10 years ago when like Mad Men hadn't aired and like other things hadn't raised the bar of what we should expect out of television. But it's so overacted and like super serious and like even Mad Men or X-Files or The Wire has like a steady dose of humor just to keep it light. The path is something that takes itself way too seriously for the stuff it's dealing with. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, I think the only Hulu show I've watched recently was 112263, which is based off the Stephen King book. And I really enjoyed that. But I have not read the book because it's like a thousand pages or whatever it is with the copy that I have. So I'm just like, I'll get to that eventually. The show is good enough for now. <laughs> we uh we we did that episode for pilot study the the eleven twenty two one. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it yeah. was, I thought it was interesting. A lot of those ones that we do, I like get to the pilot and we're like already into the next week's cycle. So I'm like I can't I can't keep watching this because we right. have something else to watch. <laughs> so I I do lose some of them. Um, so that's one that I have to pick back up here and uh, maybe rewatch the pilot and keep going. Yeah, I think it was only eight episodes or something. It wasn't super long. Yeah, yeah, it's not super long or anything. So that, that that is good. And the fact that it's, you know, a one-off thing. Like, it was a mini-series, not necessarily, you know, like, one that's going to drop every season. I hope not. I hope it doesn't come back. <laughs> I don't we, think we it can, because I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the eight episodes covered the entire book. And I don't think yeah. Stephen King has written a sequel for this one. Didn't, didn't, they do like, didn't they do, like, three, four seasons of Under the Dome, though? Yeah, that is true. But I think <laughs> they, they, I, they, I they think can stretch they, anything. <laughs> yeah, I think they, you know, presented this as a mini series. So okay, that you, that usually implies that it's just a one and done type of thing. But I know between Stephen King and Chuck Palahniuk, the guy who did Fight Club, right, they right, both yeah. have quite a few things going into production right now. I know for Chuck's stuff, they just had a Kickstarter for his book Lullaby to make it into a movie. So I'm interested in seeing how that comes out as an indie film because, you know, Stephen King's stuff is usually a lot higher production just because 
Stephen King sells everything that he does, basically. Right. Well, they're doing the Dark Tower movies right now, and I've never read the books, but I know that's like a big, that's a big thing for them, and they're also yeah, doing they the, even uh, had comics the for it. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I know that's a big thing for them. Yeah. Um. Well, anything else that you uh, wanted to talk about today? I think that covers it. Wow. Okay. Uh, so pilot pilot study is starting in July. Vinyl crawl starts July seventh. Misaligned continues to plug away here. We've got a lot of stuff here going. Yeah, I have to get to uh, scheduling these guest episodes now that I've finally hit a stop in them. So for a while there, I was recording so many like ahead of time, so far ahead yeah. of time that I was like, when am I supposed to post this one? When do I need to edit this? <laughs> like, so I feel like now that I've kind of caught up with myself, like we're recording this on Monday and it'll come out Thursday. I kind of want to try to keep that similar schedule going, not the whole oh let's record it two weeks before i'm going to release it so i might lose track of it you know well it's cool that we're like kind of dropping in on each other's shows now like i know a lot of people are dropping in on pilot study this season and we've had people drop in on modern vinyl it's cool to kind of share people and uh because since we're all on the same team yeah i definitely want to get more of the modern vinyl writers onto this and talk to them because you know like you mentioned with the i made you a mixtape thing it's about kind of getting to know our staff members better and other than you know you megan james and michael i haven't really talked to too many of the other staff writers and gotten to know them as well as you four so that'll definitely be something i'm interested in doing for sure for sure Well, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. And as usual, thanks to our listeners for sticking with us for this nearly hour episode. I'm sure Chris and I are both extremely sweaty thanks to this heat. (laughs) I know I am. And you said you turned your fan off, so I can't imagine you're doing much better than I am. It's, It's the sweat cast right now. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.